Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. This is episode 275, which just sounds crazy to say. But on this episode, Kimberly will be talking with Kelly Lamb, Editorial Director of Rue Magazine, about getting published, a goal so many of you have. We want to kick things off with a shout out to two Business of Design members, Veronica Martin and Carrie Stinson of Twofold Interiors, who were featured in the new Home by Rue book. So congratulations to them. Before I hand things over, I just have a couple of quick announcements. Coming up on June 15th, we have BOD Live, and we're just going to be doing some open coaching, which we haven't done in a little while. So I did get a couple of questions from new members lately asking how they sign up. As a member, you get to attend these monthly meetings for free. You do not need to register in advance. Uh, You're going to get a reminder one week prior and one day prior to the start time of these meetings. And all you need to do is log into your member dashboard to join. So if you're a member of Business of Design or interested in joining us, make sure you mark June 15th on your calendar for that next meeting. And then coming up on June 28th, we have our flat fee projects three-hour virtual seminar. So Kimberly's going to walk you through how to run a flat fee project from start to finish and answer all those pressing questions you have about how to calculate a flat fee using the business of design method. So that one you do have to register for. It's open on the website. Again, that's going to be on June 28th, 4 p.m. EST. It's 695 regular price. And of course, we have member pricing. Our business of design members are going to save $200 on that. So make sure you're logged into your account before registering. If you have any questions on any of our events at Business of Design, reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business trainer for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Kelly, it's great talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Have you managed to get rid of the pesky leaf blower outside your window yet? (laughs) Not quite. It's a very, the soundtrack of Southern California. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Every Friday morning, but... uh, Soon enough, I'm sure. And then there will be another one a few houses down, I can guarantee. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. But uh, it's okay. We have we are not going to complain about that. There's so many good things going on in the world, and we'll just stick to that today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about getting published because that's still like, it's got to be, if you're an up-and-coming designer, if you've been doing this for a while, that's on most people's wish list, the opportunity to showcase their work and have clients discover them and let's be honest, some bragging rights. So what's changed in the world of getting published in the last, you know, 10, 15 years? I mean, well, a lot has changed just simply in the last two years, I feel like. Um, so many publications are really shifting the way that they are offering press. And I think that is one of the key things for designers is first establishing what kind of coverage 
they're hoping to get. I know a lot of designers, their dream is a beautiful print story, but I work with a lot of designers whose main focus is just getting Instagram followers. So I think a big, my first piece of advice for any designer trying to get published is to really hone in on what that wish list is and what a goal with getting published would be. So is it digital coverage? Is it something, you know, seeing your work in print, identifying that and then determining, you know, kind of what your dream outlets are based on that wish list. Okay. So I I hear what you're saying. Like print is still the, you know, I think it's highly covetable to be in a print magazine for whatever reason, that's still so important. But digital has come a long way in terms of being a method by which your clients can find you. Yes. Yeah. And I have a, I feel like my perspective might be a little (laughs) flip-flopped only because Rue was digital for over 10 years and then decided to go into print. And so it's been interesting because we've been offering, you know, robust digital coverage and know the power of Google really of designers being able to attract new clients just from a simple search of like Michigan interior designer and then a beautiful home tour will show up. And so I think that there, there are pros to, to every kind of coverage. And I actually think that that is one of the key things designers should seek is kind of a little bit of everything, you know, your hands kind of digital, social media campaigns, prints, all of it is really valuable. It, it also is true that one opportunity sort of leads to the next. So you, you probably find yourself more easily, more easily published if you get, if you have something to get you started, right? Even if it's a small entry in a digital magazine. I think so. I think that first, you know, that first contact with an editor, that first story that you get just opens tons of doors from there. Um, but the, the first one can always feel the most intimidating, especially as folks are just starting out their career. What would you say is good advice for somebody who's never been published? What, how much effort should they put into getting published and where is a good place they should start maybe? Well, I think the the first advice would be kind of honing in on what their dream outlet is. I think as an editor, um, I often tell designers that you want your press coverage to be mutually beneficial. You know, we want something that we know will resonate with our specific audience, but it's important to consider as the designer, who is the audience of that publication and is your goal you know, I, uh, especially in this day and age, a lot of folks, the Instagram is really the focus. Um, but is your goal social media following or is it new clients in your area? And so I think identifying, you know, the style where you know that the readers of that publication will really resonate with the work you're creating, the demographics, the location, all of that, really figuring out what the publication that is the best, the best match for that designer is key to, I think, successful coverage. That makes sense. And then once you've figured that out, what are some steps you can take to make an approach? How can you get to those coveted editors you need to influence? I mean, I hate to keep mentioning social media, but it really gives kind of an all access pass to people that you want to work with. Um, I, I prefer to keep my personal social media um, 
personal, but it's, you know, reaching out to the publication and saying, I have, what is the preferred method for submitting projects for review? And I think that's really key because every publication has their own system, their own way of reviewing projects. And so just sending off a blank email to their general like info account might not get the right eyes on your work. So reaching out and just saying, I, you know, sorry to bother. I'd love to submit something. What is the most efficient way for you to see and review my work? And I think that will not only get your work in front of the right people, but also, uh, as an editor, I really appreciate that because it makes my life easier when I can say, Oh, do exactly this. And then we'll, we'll be able to quickly look and see if it's a good fit. So kind of establishing those relationships and figuring out the best form of communication to be successful as well. Can you think of some, uh, a couple of examples of successful pitches that were surprising out of the ordinary, um, that just were like kind of delightful for you to receive? Yes. The one that immediately comes to mind is, uh, I'll have to look, I, I'd hate to mess up her name, but it was this really talented designer based in London and she printed off kind of a deck, a lookbook of a project and mailed it to my, uh, to the Rue office address with a handwritten note that said, I'm sure you get hundreds of submissions. I was hoping this would help me stand out, especially since I'm not based in the U S and it was like the most delightful treat to ever receive. But that, that really stands out as kind of an even extra, extra step. Often people just I think humanizing, we're all, um, it, with email, it can be so hard. We're getting hundreds of, you know, correspondence back and forth when people take the time to learn a bit about each other, because we are all people working together and wanting the same thing, which is a successful article. And so that extra step of, of kindness and also getting, <laughs> getting the publication's name, right. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> I chuckle, but I get a lot of um, submissions where people will say, I think this will be absolutely perfect for, and it will list a competitor's name. And that lets me know that they pitched it somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. You got the generic Which, templated uh, pitch. Yeah. But so just proofreading, I think I, I always joke, but it is surprising how often it happens and I don't blame anyone. I mean, you got to get your work out there, but making sure that you're checking on that extra step, checking the spelling of names, um, yeah, like you're personal. Kelly with an I. So I, can, I yes. bet you get a lot of Kelly with a Y. I get uh, when I people, uh, I was at Style at Home magazine for 18 years and people would say, Kim, hey, Kim. And I'm like, I've been Kimberly always forever. Who's Kim? Like, Kim. why, why would you, <laughs> right? Why would you think that's going to warm my heart? <laughs> like, bin, trash bin. Um, so, okay, so you got this one that really surprised and delighted you. I'm sure there's some things yeah. on the other side of the coin. What do you guys roll your eyes at? What is guaranteed to never get noticed? Um, well, it is. I, I'm always so sensitive because everyone that works in this industry is an artist in their own right. And so I, I really have a hard time even telling people no, because I know how personal that project likely is to them and that the risk it takes to even reach out to a publication and kind of put yourself out there. Before I was at Rue, I was um, a freelance writer and remember pitching and pitching and not even hearing back and being like, ah, oh, that, 
you couldn't even tell me no. (laughs) Right. It's so depressing. Yeah. But making sure that, um, I, I like to mention that if it is no, it isn't necessarily a reflection of the work or the project itself. It's just not what our publication is looking for at that exact moment. Or it might be, you know, I know our audience probably better than I know myself, which is not necessarily a great quality, but it is equality. Um, I know (laughs) that what they're not going to respond to. And so I know, shoot, for example, like nurseries um, and kids, little kids spaces get almost no engagement from our audience. So even if it's like the most spectacular nursery, I know that that's not going to, it's not going to land and it's not going to do any favors for the designer. So I'm careful with, with no's, but things that really make us like, come on, is like a DM sent to like an Instagram DM at 11 at night that says, do you want to publish my work with like no photos? It's like, okay, well now we've crossed a boundary. And also I don't know if I want to. See it. Um, I think kind of that, that firing off an email without much thought, like, Hey, I have a great project. Let me know if I can send some pictures is only adding an extra step to me replying and saying, well, we'd love to see instead just coming prepared, I think makes a huge difference than this like nonchalant. Let me toss over an image gallery if you'd like type right. thing. Like, of course I would like, we, we want to see everything and we want to be efficient and make sure everyone's getting kind of the same amount of our time too. I appreciate what you said about um, sometimes it's just not the right fit for right now because you know, yeah. if somebody's got a spectacular modern farmhouse, but you did two of those recently, you're probably not going to do a third one, even though it's amazing. So exactly. um, we just have to be courageous and keep pitching and, you know, keep fine tuning the pitch, I guess. And yes. good, good point about being prepared. Especially there was an instance where it was the most beautiful home, but this, it was this one light fixture. I think it was visual comfort. And I, it was in like every house I was seeing and it was already in an issue. This exact light fixture was already in the issue twice. And we were doing, you know, some clever layout. So it wasn't like it was an ad for this one pendant. And then I got this incredible home and most of the images featured the same light fixture. And so it, it came down to that something like that specifically where we need to put some space between this light so that it doesn't feel too repetitive and people people's attention span is so quick too that we want to make sure there are things that are catching their eye and not tricking their brain into going, oh, I just saw this house because they, they didn't, they just saw the light. <laughs> so there's so many, a million little puzzle pieces that we're always trying to put together. Wow. And that plays yeah. a big part. I can totally see that. That's amazing. So keep pitching and keep trying and just, it's like, in a way, it's like being an actor, right? You go out for so many roles and you're only going to get a handful of parts, but they will matter a lot. So once you do get picked to be published in something, aside from making yourself easy to work with, (laughs) you know, just be be really kind to the editors because typically they're terribly overworked and super busy. And like, as you said, a thousand puzzle pieces. So be really easy to work with. Other than that, once you've gotten this opportunity, how can you leverage it? Like I find sometimes I'm so busy, I finally get something published and I'm crazy busy and I barely 
posted it on Instagram and then four months go by and I feel like, ugh, it's old news. What can we do to make the most of the opportunities we get? I think, you know, working with the, working with the editor or the publication to make sure that you're really clear on exactly when it is being published and just making sure it's on your calendar that to spend 50, like set an appointment 15 minutes that day that you're going to promote and share. Um, also when you're working with them, requesting that same day, a PDF, if it's print or even, um, digital and getting, making sure that it's on your press page, because that is on the web. I see a lot of designers, you know, on their website, they have a section with all of the press accolades and making sure that not too much time is passing where you're leaving off big ones or forget, or maybe the editor has moved to another publication, just staying on the pulse of it as it's happening. I mean, the news cycle, everything is so quick. Everything is happening so fast. So kind of striking while the iron's hot and engaging, you'll likely get new followers, potential client requests, and just riding the wave as it's happening. And which is so hard to do. I am chuckling because when I don't (laughs) even do that myself, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) easier said than done, but kind of rolling with it, being prepared for that day, being prepared that your social media or your website might have an extra engagement because of that. And so kind of making a mental note of that in your schedule and being prepared to engage with that so that it continues to grow and you get the most out of it. Good advice. And now, of course, you've got your beautiful book is out. Tell us, tell us about that. Uh, and our, it's, it's out on May 24th. We're going to air this. Actually, we'll air this after May 24th because of that. Tell, tell us about that experience. How was that? Oh, thank you so much. I love that this will be airing. It will be out in the world. <laughs> finally, probably. Magic. You're like, finally. Yes, yes it was. Um, you know, it was a really interesting experience because uh, I, I've been with Rue for 10 years um, and working in this digital world. And then we were acquired by uh, Danny Seo, who's just this like media expert. He has his own magazine, cookbooks. I think he's on the Drew Barrymore show today. He's just like this whiz. And he just saw this, this need for, you know, I think especially with the pandemic, we're all existing on our screens and work is on zoom and school is on zoom. And so everyone was kind of craving more tangible things to engage with like design versus just a constant scroll. And so the book was really interesting because it was like bringing the magazine to print and then also doing like a really big version of the magazine (laughs) with the book. And so it was, uh, talk about needing to take my own advice of like riding the wave and enjoying it because it's just been, it's been a lot of work, but so it's what I love to do. And it's been kind of continual and exciting. And I think seeing it you know, when it arrived and, um, I got an advanced copy and the cover is like, has a little bit of gold. It was like this real thrill to hold something when I've existed in this digital world for so long, like something that I can really hang on to and enjoy is really meaningful. I And I hope people feel that same way. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful book. And I do think it feels that way. And you know, the fact of the matter is it sits on the coffee table. And now that people are coming over again, they pick it up and they flip a page and you end up having a conversation about what you like and what you don't. And uh, yeah, I think uh, print books are safe 
forever. I, I think it was a really strategic move and I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. That's very exciting. Oh, thank you so much. And we were careful. I mean, it's existing on the design side and then also people that want the book, we put a lot of care into the cover of something people would want on their coffee table, something people, designers would style shelves with that sort of thing. But then also making sure that for people who aren't in this industry and just enjoy design, that it felt really friendly and, you know, not to, it's, it's for everyone is kind of my theme that, everyone should, I hope everyone can open it and find a space that resonates with them. It's not just one style. It's, uh, you know, I tried to cover a lot of aesthetics, a lot of different price points and styles and everything. So I really am hopeful that people can see a little bit of themselves in the book. Oh, I think, I think that is an absolute. I think you did really well. It's beautiful. It's kind of a moody cover. It's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, we like to end every episode with design intervention, which is just a great piece of advice you think the listeners will appreciate. I've stumped you. It does not have to be on topic. It could be any any great piece of business advice. Mm, I think my piece of advice would be to make sure that every room has something that is really personal and that you love regardless of if it fits into the design scheme or the design plan or not. I think every space needs something, whether it makes you laugh or it's something from your travels, making homes and interior design really personal, again, is what excites me most about the industry as a whole. So yeah. I don't know if that's- yeah, no, we have to do that on behalf of our clients, right? It's all too easy to like be dictating everything and like get rid of everything they previously owned. But the fact of the matter is if they found something fabulous in Portugal and it makes them smile every time they see it, it's our job to, to include that somehow. Yes. Well, in the, um, in the book, I reference the television show, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where she's supposed to have one weird ask um, when she's on tour and it's like one weird thing to request at every hotel room she stays at. And so we incorporated that with like every room should have your one weird thing. And it doesn't have to be you know weird, but one thing that is deeply personal or meaningful to make the space feel like home. I love it. I love it. I have, that must be the third season or something. I haven't seen it yet. It's just such a fun show. Oh, I know. That, talk about design inspiration. Right? <laughs> gotcha. I know there's actually somebody in New York who's giving the Mrs. Maisel tours now, like they used to do Sex in the City tours. Oh. Like that. <laughs> Cheesy That's and fun. fun. Sign me up. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Kelly, it was great talking to you. Stay well. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today 